Hey there, freaks, geeks, and everyone in between. Welcome to another episode of Wake and Jake, hosted by yours truly, me, Jake. This week, I have American Rustic Works, um, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Matt. Uh, I have a little side business called American Rustic Works, hobby, side business, whatever you want to call it. Um, Jake and I met through the uh, Drinking Bros and Ross Patterson chats and kind of started following each other. And uh, yeah, have a chat about wood tonight. Yeah, no, talking about nice, hard, fucking healthy wood. Speaking of wood, go ahead and tell these lovely people what you do with that. So yeah, I uh, I do a little bit of everything. I make, uh, one of the big things I do is I make flags. And I think the biggest thing that picked up my flags, probably about it was last year, my uh, my dog tore ACL, my service dog. And uh, I started trying to sell flags to support a surgery. Um, so flags became a big thing in the last year. But um, typically I do, you know, coffee tables, benches. Um, let me look around here. I've been doing charcuterie boards, um, you know, dining tables, a uh, little bit of everything. Um, a lot of people would ask me, you know, garbage containers to open <laughs> to it. It looks like a cabinet. I've done those. Um, you know, basically anything that's not too big. I do know my limit, but I will try most things once. In what's the, my, well, what's the craziest, biggest thing you've ever built? Um, yeah. I mean, the one of the, the the biggest table I've ever built, for instance, is for um, my wife's best friend. I think it's like ten feet long, um, and it's she wanted a little bigger. Um, she likes to throw a lot of parties and have fun, and uh, I think it's like four and a half or five feet wide. I had to build it. I had to bring my trailer in the shop and build it on the trailer because I'm one guy. I don't have any crazy. I mean, I have a tractor, but I have forks for it, so I couldn't move it. Plus, it was winter, so. <laughs> Uh, that was, that was pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I've done, uh, you know, I've done a lot of barn doors. Those are always fun. Um, but I try, I try to stay, you know, fairly small so I can handle it. And so I can move it around the shop, uh, without having any struggles. I don't like to have to ask anybody for help. Yeah, no. Um, when you, when your service dog got injured and you had to do the surgery for her, that's around the time I started seeing your stuff around. Cause I was like, I was working in a, fucking awful miserable job and listening to drinking bros and ross patterson all day so i remember like that being kind of shared around between the people that listen to those shows and i was like okay i'm gonna go follow this guy and see what he's all about and that's when i discovered your flags yeah man um honestly i never i've never really tried to push my stuff too hard um but when my dog got hurt uh the surgery was going to cost like eight or nine grand and I couldn't even get her in locally. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm not, I don't ever ask for anything. And it's not like I'm asking for help. I'm just selling a product. So I said, let me start pushing this product pretty hard. The Drink and Bro uh, Nooner community, everybody was great. A lot of people helped out. I mean, people I haven't seen like that I grew up with, even like with throwing money, uh, which wasn't expected. And I, I never wanted anything kind of be given to me. I wanted to earn business, uh, but it worked out well. Um, I ended up having a, uh, a nonprofit. Um, they hooked me up with one of their donors and the donor hooked me up with a vet in Michigan. Um, they paid for the cost, but that money went towards paying for me to get there, paid for my dog's med- med- uh, 
you know, our pharmacy bills, uh, travel expenses, hotel, um, physical therapy afterwards when I came home. So it, that money went a long way and it really helped. Um, she's actually just started not limping in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a full six month recovery. So she's starting to do good. We just started going for walks last week. Nice. I was just about to ask how she's doing. Yeah, man, she's great. Um, she's been doing good. I would have her out here with me, but she hates the wood shop. She does not come in here. Um, so I don't even try to bring her out here anymore. If she, if these doors are open, she'll hang out outside the doors, but she does not come in. So it's too loud for her. So, uh, yeah, she's been good. And I, again, I really appreciate everybody in the community kind of helping me out. Um, it was really, it was really cool to, to have some help financially with it. Yeah, no, that whole community and everyone around that podcast and that's on that podcast are absolutely amazing fucking people. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been listening. Geez, I think I probably picked up about episode 50 of Drinking Bros. So it's, it's been a long time. I didn't start with the chats until probably during COVID because I was home um, and it started getting the chats more. So the interaction was cool. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun over the years. Yeah, no, it's wild because I remember being in high school in a computer lab watching Joe Rogan's fucking original OG shit on YouTube and seeing a suggestion for pegging explained with a bunch of question marks. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? It was just like <laughs> drinking bros. I was like, I, I yeah. got to see what this is all about. Yeah, there was some fun stuff back in the day. I, I went back and watched most of the, original, the first 50 before I started. I think maybe it was like 51 or 52 when I picked up, but it was, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a great show. I actually, I met Jared one time down in Florida. He had me film some, I don't know if you remember that COD video he did about at McDonald's. He had, he was just got a fish sandwich, but, uh, we, we met him for about five minutes, but, uh, you know, interaction with all the other guys with VRCC has been cool as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun to kind of follow along with everybody. Yeah, no, I'm rocking a BRCC hat right now for our audio listeners. So, <laughs> but, yeah, you guys, if you guys know anything about those companies, you know they give back. I, I myself am not a veteran. Are, are you, Matt? Yeah, so uh, I'm medically retired from the Air Force, um, and that's kind of how I found out about them. But uh, they they do a lot of cool stuff, man. They uh, I I followed along with a lot of the nonprofit stuff they do um i don't listen to any of the bullshit that you hear on social media or in the news uh i just go straight to the source and i mean they've i've been a customer there's i think i've been in the coffee club since 2016 or 17 and they've always done right by me um and their nonprofit stuff speaks for itself yeah no my uncle is a marine corps veteran and just seeing the stuff they do for them is absolutely fucking amazing like you don't see anyone else in this world doing helping the veteran community the way that that whole company and everyone around them do. It's absolutely something else. Yeah, there's a very select few um, nonprofits that um, give back as much as they do. I myself have been lucky enough to be a part of a few other ones. Um, I won't mention I'm here, obviously, but there's been a few other ones that have been great as well, but I do know BRCC and the, their, their fund has been great. Um, Bill had one of the guys on Nooner Nation from Second Chance Canine. If you guys haven't ever seen him, go check him out. Uh, Travis, 
he uh, trains Belgian Malinois and rescues them, and uh, they do great work. And I know they gave him a big grant back in the day, maybe a couple of years ago, um, to continue helping these dogs out and getting pairing them with veterans. So that's a that's a great cause, and that's something for me personally. I've I've been affected by that with my dog, so it's it's a great cause. Yeah, no, and it's crazy to do because you see a lot of predatory companies that claim that claim to help veterans and all that. I'm not going to go into names on that, but if you know anything about what we're talking about, you all know what company we're talking about. But there's ones that just kind of skim everything off the top and only give about 7% because I think that's the legal minimum you have to give. But Yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know what the legal is, but I, I, I always tell everybody, people ask me because I'm a veteran, you know, um, some people haven't met a ton of veterans. I live in a veteran-heavy area in New York, but... Um, you know, people ask me and I just tell them, try to donate locally. Um, and that's nothing against like BRCC fund, but they're in Texas. I'm in New York. I just tell people, if you keep your dollars local, typically they can go further. Once you start getting that money out further from you, there's more administration involved. Yeah, no. Um, I don't really know where to go on that one, but. Sorry, dude. Um, but yeah, oh, no, you're good. You're good. It was just a real heavy topic. And I was like, shit, how do I segue out of this one? But no, yeah, good. yeah, no, it's, it, it is really hard too. Cause you do see a lot of more signs recently that say homeless veterans and obvious homeless veterans. So yeah. when you see companies actually giving, it's, it goes along a long way. So yeah, no. Um, speaking of your dogs, I, I, I've always seen on Instagram that one beautiful white pit bull. Is that your service animal? Yeah, so that's my dog, Liberty. Um, Liberty Bella. She's actually a rescue from Texas herself. Um, her and eight littermates were thrown in a ditch in Texas. Um, and four of them were, say, four or five of them were rescued. And they were brought up to Rochester, New York. Um, and we were looking for a uh, a dog after one of my other dogs had passed away and uh, we found her and her sibling, her, her sister, I think sister. Um, I actually wanted her sister Brownie. Um, <laughs> my kids wanted her because I wanted more of a big stout, you know, typical pit. Yeah. And then we picked her and she's been the best thing in my life, man. She's been a, she's such a great dog. I started working with her when she was probably six or seven months old. We went into an organization that trains service dogs here um, we were just friends with them. I had no intention of them training her. Um, they just do a bunch of different veteran programs. And uh, she came in with me the one day and they, they saw how she was and they asked me to start training with her. So I did. And then, you know, 18 month program. And then she was, she's a trained service dog for me, but uh, we have her. And then we have, uh, we got a Doberman puppy named judge. Uh, we got him. I think about six weeks after my baby was born last year. Um, our other Doberman had passed on Christmas day, uh, from cancer. And, uh, once you've had certain breeds, Doberman being one of them, it's hard to really move on from that breed. So, uh, it took a bit, but I found one and we found what we liked and he's here. He's a big dope. Um, how old is he you know, now? He's, uh, he, he's, uh, about a year and change year and two months, maybe. Oh, so he's so still rambunctious he's, as hell. Oh, he's, he's nuts. But the cool thing is 
Liberty's that way too, but we have to limit her because of her leg. But she's once she's healed, she's just as nuts as he is. I mean, she has <laughs> never she's five and a half and she doesn't calm down. She when that vest comes out though, she's ready to work. Um, but otherwise she's a family dog. She loves playing and but he's been great with my baby. Him and the baby have been grown up together and she lays on him and he'll come over and cuddle next to her and it's it's been awesome. Yeah, no, like you were well, saying, fun. certain breeds, once you've had them, for me, I think that's probably Pomeranians and Shih Tzus, just because they're such, like, loyal little fuckers. Yeah. That, that's probably something you love about your pit bull, because, like, that, that's one thing I've always heard about them, is they are some of the most loyal fucking dogs ever. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's, uh, so she's a pit boxer mix, which is... It, I don't even know if it matters, but I, I feel like health-wise, it'll probably be better because she's a lot of times when you get too much of one, you know, bloodline, it can affect them. But she's uh, typically super healthy, super stout dog. She's solid as a rock. Um, somebody comes to our door, she doesn't know. I mean, uh, she looks like she's got a fucking like a dinosaur ridge of I don't know what you call them fins <laughs> or whatever down her back. I mean, her hair just stands straight up from head to tail. And, uh, but as soon as people come in the house and she let, they're allowed in the house, she's good with them. Um, super sweet dog, never hurt anybody. Um, great with other dogs and just always by my side. I love it. It's, it's great having a dog like that. Yeah. No. So the million dollar question that everyone listening probably is wondering, have you built them a dog house yet? Um, so I've built, they both have crates. Okay. Uh, Liberty doesn't have to go under crate as much because she uh she's an older dog and doesn't need to go in the crate she likes to and she can i'll let her in there but i so i built uh like tables for their crates so there's a table insert that goes over the crate um but as far as a dog house no because they don't stay outside um oh they're not they they we have a, a back deck and a front porch i have gates on those so they can hang out on the porch or the deck but they don't stay outside enough to uh warrant a doghouse and i would never i'm one of those guys my dogs would never stay outside it wouldn't happen i wouldn't allow that <laughs> they're spoiled <laughs> oh yeah i mean yeah it's, they are we have a dog actually lives a couple houses down that stays out all year and i just hate it i can't imagine doing that to a dog i know some are made for it mine are not yeah no my mom has yeah. a rottweiler that like he, you bring him inside and he cries to go outside he is just not compatible with inside at all. He lives his life free in the backyard, does whatever the fuck he wants, and lays in the sun all day. Yeah, if we had a full fenced in yard, I would probably think about it. Um, but we have a couple acres, and the way my lot is, it's really weird. So my wife will not let me fence any of it in. So um, they go on a chain when they go out. They go out for five minutes, come in. If we're all out here, they come out, they have e collars, and they're you know, roaming around the yard with us free. Um, I, I wish we had a fence and they could hang out, but it's just not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard New York's pretty, pretty crazy too with weather. So I wouldn't want to leave dogs out and that kind of shit. Did you get a lot of snow this year? Yeah, uh, we got a, a couple of good snowstorms. One time we had 20 inches. Another, I think we had 10 or 12. Um, God damn. Yeah, uh, well, I live, um, so I live about five minutes from Lake Ontario. Um, my town is actually right on Lake Ontario, but we don't get a lot of that crazy, like, um, 
lake effect snow that they get in like uh, near the city of Buffalo or out towards Syracuse. So we get lucky. It gets cold here, but I just turned off my heater in the garage today. It was on all winter. Um, it's, it got up to like 55 today. It's going to get up to 60 tomorrow. So I'm happy I can shut down the heater for the year and uh, be time to get the dehumidifier in here soon and get the moisture out of the air when that's when that starts. God, the way you're describing that, where you're just like, oh, yeah, we got 20 inches, but it's not a lot. Like, for me, that's just like, holy shit. Because as you, as we all know, my Instagram handles the desert hippie. And I really do yep. li- live very true to that. I see fucking snow maybe twice a year, and we probably get maybe four inches at a time. And Yeah, I, I was watching the one show you did with Bill, I think it was, or maybe Boston Joe. And you were saying you just got a dusting and that was, it's gone by the morning. Um, yeah. I wish it was gone by the morning here. It's not. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, I kind of love the 360 days of sunshine, but those five days are absolutely miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's when you go organized inside the house. We're, we're, uh, we probably got about seven or eight years left here. Once my, I have two older kids. Once they're um, out of high school, uh, we're going to head south somewhere. Um, I got a brother who lives in Florida. He always wants me to come down there. I'm repping his hat right now. He owns a gym in St. Pete, Florida. He's a, a gym owner. Um, and he always wants me to come down there. But uh, we'll probably end up in like North South Carolina, Tennessee, somewhere in there. So uh, I'm, I'm done with the snow. I just like driving my tractor. That's all I like doing. Yeah, no, I know quite a few New Yorkers who are making their way to the Carolinas or even Florida just because they're just tired of it up there. Do do you guys have a lot of problems locally with politics or are you guys in the pretty rational part of New York? So, like I said, I'm about 45 minutes from Buffalo. Um, I live in a pretty um, conservative type county, Um, you know, everybody has guns here, everybody for the most part hunts here. Um, people leave you alone. I have a lot of friends who work at the County Sheriff. Um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty chill here for the most part. I mean, we're controlled by New York state as far as taxes and certain policies go. Um, I'm sick of our fucking money going to New York city. Cause that's where it all goes. Um, I've had that talk with everybody who knows about New York uh, in the chats, as far as splitting New York into two States, which same as California it's, you know, there's, there's different parts of the state. So this part of New York is great. Um, lots of beautiful things here. Um, beautiful scenery, beautiful people. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's not enough to make me want to stay. I've, I've moved once and I'll do it again. So. So so you're in the New York that looks like a Charles Kincaid painting. Well, as I said, I'm not an artist and I don't even know who that is. Oh, Uh, but if, (laughs) Shit, my desk just almost fell over. Holy fuck. <laughs> See that? Yeah, no, I, I don't even know who that is, but yeah, it's a beautiful place. I mean, there's a lot of, you could go to a different park every day for six months and not hit them all. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful area. Yeah, no. So, um, speaking of New York, do you support any New York teams? Ah, uh, the Bills. That's the, okay. I mean, that's the only that's the only football team in New York. So the rest of them are from New Jersey, I believe. Oh yeah, um, the Giants don't play in New York. I forget that shit. 
Yeah, neither do the Jets. But I watched the, you know, the Bills. Um, I mean, people around here are nuts about the Bills, and it's it's a fun thing to be a part of right now. Um, I grew up in the '90s when the Bills were, you know, in the Super Bowl every year, and it was a big deal. Um, it's kind of feeling like that again, which is great. Um, I've been a hockey fan forever, uh, the Buffalo Sabers, but they suck lately. <laughs> um, so. They're not even fun to watch. I watched the game the other night for the first time this season, and that was fun. But, uh, yeah, sports are decent here. Um, you know, there's – but we're, we're an outdoorsy-type family. We go four-wheeling, fishing, stuff like that. But, you know, we watch the Bills games every Sunday. So. Nice. What about college football? Do you, are you into anything for that? I mean – I'll go to all the games. I'll watch all the games with people. But as far as sitting down on a Saturday, um, I'm too much of a busybody. I can't sit still. If I'm not in the shop or with the kids, I'm out in the woods doing something. Um, I'm on the tractor. Uh, you know, I, I do a big old garden, something you would probably like. I do a big garden every year. Um, so there's always something to be done in there. But I like a lot of UFC. I love the UFC. I watch every UFC card every weekend. It's, you know, my daughter, my baby, she's a little over a year now. She's watched every single UFC card with me since she's been born. So, yeah, no, I, I see your, your um, Instagram every Saturday is just her chilling on your arm and you just watching it. Yeah. She's trying to run away now. She's walking. So she tries to, <laughs> leave. But, you know, that's how it goes. Dad's not going to be cool pretty soon. So, but my wife will take her up to bed about eight thirty, and I watch the rest of the fights usually. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't have much of an appetite for a lot of sports. Um, if there's big games on, you know, I'll watch it. Like when Kobe was around, I'd watch basketball. Um, nobody else is really compelling enough to me to watch basketball anymore. But you know, it's uh, it's still most you know football is fun to watch for me still. Speaking of UFC. Um... Did you hear about the contract renegotiations between McGregor and Dana White that he might come back? No, I didn't, but I figured, I mean, he's a cash cow. Um, there's a new kid coming up, Patty Pimblett. He's a, a kid from England. He's fighting this weekend. I'll tell you what, I've been watching his stuff. He's going to be a lot of fun. And I think he's going to make McGregor want to come back because he's going to steal a lot of thunder, especially over in Europe. Yeah, but, no, there's uh, this. Go ahead. But I'm not. I'm not surprised to hear Connor and Dana speaking. I mean, Connor's the star of the sport. Um, he's fun to watch. He doesn't win much anymore, but he still puts asses in seats and uh, makes people buy. Yeah, no, I was gonna bring this guy up to you. I was watching a couple weeks before, ago before I went out to Austin for the Hard AF launch. Well, actually, about more than a month ago. Shit, time flies when you're having fucking fun. But his, his name's like Brian Battle. What do you think about him? Because He's a guy. He's a young guy with a mullet. I loved his fucking attitude watching him fight. He's just a fucking animal. So Brian Battle, I watched him in the, the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Um, Brian Battle, I believe, was a guy who lost like over 120, 140 pounds to get in shape for fighting, and it it was never something that was. He was never looking to be a pro athlete, from what I remember. Uh, but he lost all that weight, got in shape, and he is a savage. Like, he is so fun to watch. He just goes for the win. Um, yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's, it's always hard to tell with these ultimate fighter guys, but I think he'll be around a while. I don't know if he'll ever get to the top of the sport, 
but I think he's always going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no, he was, he was fucking taunting the other guy. He was calling him a bitch during the fight. He was all, you fucking hit me once, didn't even hurt. Like, that's just the kind of attitude you want to see in fighting. Yeah, you need those guys. Um, I love the respect in fights, um, but you need the guys who are going to talk shit. Like, as much as I, like, Colby Covington, he's got a brash style, but he backs it up. He can fight his ass off, and the way he does it, people don't like, but it, it, it embarrasses the hell out of the other guys. Like, George Masvidal, I like him as, as well. Um, he's got a great style, similar to like Nate Diaz, where they just bang and they talk shit. Um, there's a few guys who have done it. Uh, Bobby Green fought a few weeks ago. He's from uh, California, and uh, he fought a few weeks ago, and he just talks shit the entire time, and he backs it up, and it's great. Yeah, no, it's something about the assholes in the sport. Like, you, you just really need them. Like, it's nice to see nice, polished fight. Like you said, it's nice to see nice, polished fighters that are respectful and do the right thing. But you also need the guy that's getting in the eye jabs and kind of kicking for where it's going to hurt the most. Yeah, yeah, you got the guys. Uh, dude, there was a guy, I don't know if you saw the fight over the weekend. One of my favorite fighters, Khalil Roundtree Jr. Uh, he got this dude down and it's illegal to kick a downed opponent in the head, but he kicked him in the ribs and fucking finished him, and it was great. And he came out afterwards and just, you know, told a story about how he struggles with mental health. He struggled with weight loss. Um, and it's just cool to see those guys. And he comes and he fucking brings it every single time. I mean, he's a fucking savage. Uh, so it's, it's fun to watch guys who just fucking go balls to the wall. Yeah, no, like I grew up um... – Around, I don't want to name drop, so it's going to be hard to fucking do this. I don't want, I grew up around a UFC fighter who is related to me through like my grandpa befriending his uncle. And it's just kind of crazy to see how he came up and where he is now. Because I remember him being like 17, first getting like popular and like people knowing who he was because of high school wrestling and shit. So it's just fucking yeah. wild how quick the come up on a lot of UFC fighters is. Yeah, we got, I know you're out near uh, Jackson Wink out there in Albuquerque. Yeah, um, no. I'm guessing. Um, so there's, uh, but we have a, you know, there's a guy who I didn't grow up with him. I grew up, so I grew up around a bunch of wrestlers. I wrestled for a little bit. I sucked at the sport. I love it, but I was not good at it. Um, but there's a, a guy, his name's Gregor Gillespie. He fights, um, He's out of Long Island now, but he's from Rochester, about 45 minutes away. And he was friends with a lot of my good friends in high school. He would come out here. We'd party together. Um, he had a, a real bad, like, drug addiction and then he and alcohol. And he got into UFC later in life, I think in his late 20s. And he broke in in his early 30s. And, you know, he's one of those guys who tries not to talk shit. He does his job. He's respectful. Uh, but recently, he's he's kind of had to try and call people out because – you got to just, you got to start going at it. That's what the, the fans want. That's what the company wants. And uh, he's, I think he's ranked like number 10, but nobody wants to fight him because he's similar to Colby Covington, where he's going to fucking wear you out and beat the shit out of you on the ground. Yeah, no, speaking of the Covington Masvidal fight, what'd you think about that one? I got to watch a little bit of it because you guys had it on in the background, but <laughs> no. that's about all I got to see. No, I wouldn't have done something like that. Uh, no, I thought. Uh, I rewatched it the next day, actually. Um, 
Colby did exactly what I thought he was going to do and what a lot of people thought he was going to do. I'm not unique in that. Um, he, he, he won how he wins. He grinds guys down with pace. He can wrestle. Um, and he just wears on you. He's never going to be a power puncher, but he's going to pepper the shit out of you. And that's what he did. And Masvidal just kind of broke. Um, he had that one flurry where he kind of sat Colby on his back foot. But other than that, Colby controlled the whole fight. And, you know, he, he talks a lot of shit, but he backs it up. Um, you know, he might get his ass beat in the street one day, but it's going to take more than one guy to fucking do it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, uh, I can tell you're pretty much an OG UFC fan. So what do you think? Because I know there's a lot of opinions right now about how they feel like UFC is sort of becoming WWE. What do you think about that? Well, um, so I'm big on the respect thing. I like to be respectful, um, especially of the fighters. They're, these guys are fucking phenomenal athletes. Most of them, you know, grew up high school wrestlers, which is the hardest sport there is. I don't care what anybody says. Wrestling is the fucking toughest sport. Um, as far as at a high school and collegiate level, um, you get the pros like football and shit. I mean, that's, you know, you got fucking Mike Singletary cutting off fingers at that point. But, um, you know, I think the new thing, you're growing, the sport is evolving. It's a young sport, and they kind of have to go into heel mode, kind of like WWE, to sell their shit. Nobody's going to uh, – there was a guy, Demetrius Johnson, who's now over in 1SC. Um he was a great fighter, but the fans didn't take to him because he was kind of boring. He was respectful. He's a family guy. Uh, people don't want to see that. They want to see drama. Look at our society. I mean, everybody's about fucking drama. Housewives and fucking, you know, cops is not anymore. I don't know why, but the same way. People like seeing people fuck up, and uh, they want to see people talk shit, and uh, that's what you get, and that's what sells. Do you think this whole, like, shift in the UFC to be, be more – fan-centric and having storyline and a little bit more drama involved. Sorry, my neighbor just started his really loud car, if you guys can hear that on the audio. <laughs> but <laughs> um, do you think that whole thing of them becoming more fan-centric and having storyline and having a little bit more drama involved in it has to do with the whole Jake Paul thing and how much money that drama is making? Because I know we all love to see it, even though we all fucking hate both Logan and Jake Paul. So I think the UFC is definitely having to play into it now. Um, I think that Jake Paul has kind of forced his hand because now Jake Paul, they're seeing how much money and how much hype he's generating. Um, a few years ago, I had no idea who the Paul brothers were. My, my kids came, my kids are 13 and 10, obviously a baby, but my older kids, a couple of years ago, they came home talking about Jake Paul. My daughter has one of his shirts. I guess he was a Disney guy, uh, YouTuber, I had known nothing about him, um, but I do think him coming out and talking all this shit to Dana White is going to help the sport because the, the more you can get more money going towards fighter pay is going to help. Um, I know with the business, there's other costs associated. You know, you got to pay other people too, um, but there's even talk. He, had a, he did a podcast with Logan, or, uh, Logan Paul, the, uh, the rational brother. Uh, he did an interview with Dana White, and uh, Dana said, I wouldn't rule it out that you fight in the UFC because they both have a high school wrestling background in Ohio. Um, if they were decent, Ohio's a good wrestling state. So if they can get it sanctioned and one of them gets in there, I mean, 
it would be stupid. As a purist of the UFC, I wouldn't want to see it. But from a business aspect, it would be stupid to not be- get one of those guys in the octagon. I mean, even if we could have Tim Kennedy fight one of them. Like, I know he's not a big name, but if he calls them out enough, he's like, hey, you guys are fucking disrespectful. I want to kick your fucking ass. Let's do this. Let's get it sanctioned by Dana White. It would be something you could market the fuck out of them. Fight. I'm just using him in this example, really. They could fight Anderson Silva. They could fight fucking Chuck Liddell. They could do whoever the fuck they want. But at the same time, it would be one of those crazy things. Why would you not fucking jump on it? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, so there's, from the, the money aspect and the popularity standpoint, it would be stupid not to. I don't know if an athletic commission is going to sanction that because that's who has to do it. Uh, them fighting like a Tim Kennedy or somebody of that caliber would never happen because of, you know, how established Tim Kennedy was in that in the company. However, um, a, you know, a lower, a newcomer, you know, if you could build these guys, there's Sean O'Malley, who they're building um, as a fighter. They're letting him kind of take it slow, which is smart. They're not letting him go against animals right away. Uh, but if you slow play it with one of these guys, I mean, the fan base that they bring, my fucking, my kids talk their mom and stepdad into buying the fucking fights for Woodley and uh, Woodley and Jake Paul. Um, so, I mean, if, if if kids like that who don't, my kids don't stay up late to watch fights, but they did for that fucking fight. So that tells you all you need to know. I mean, kids are into it, and they're, these kids are going to be, you know, in their late teens soon, and they're going to be the ones purchasing things. So it, it would be smart for the UFC to incorporate these guys somehow. I think Jake's burned his bridge because he's an asshole, but I think Logan, who seems rational, I think he might be the one. Yeah, no, it would it'd be great to see Logan fight Funky. Oh, well, Ben Askren's done. I mean, Ben Askren's a fucking hell of a wrestler, but he is done. That dude's got replaced hips. He's Frisbee golf ranked. He's doing that whole thing. Oh, you you think Askren's done? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, he doesn't need to fight. Um, I I actually really like Askren. I think he got a lot further than he probably should have because of his skills. But he's such a dominant wrestler um, that he would just smother people. but I think he's done. He's a family guy. He's got wrestling camps. He's a ranked Frisbee golfer, which is a thing. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. He's got a course in his backyard, like a sanctioned course that he built. Excuse me. So I don't think he has any reason to come back and, and fight. Um, that last fight against Jake Paul was a paycheck. And I don't blame the guy. I would fucking, I'll take five fucking, I'll take five dicks to the face for a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> It's, it's let fucking, alone it's money. 20 million. Right. How, yeah. However much he was getting paid. Cause we all know, like they got the initial payment. They, but they probably all had deals on back ends to make something off fucking ticket sales and even oh, yeah. sales. Cause if you have a smart agent, that's what yeah, you're and it, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it set him up because people, you know, people already knew him for wrestling from his collegiate days and Olympic days, but then, there's all sorts of people who now know him and they're going to want to go to his wrestling camp because they want to hear about the stories that he has from the UFC or one FC or Bellator or fighting fucking douchebag over there. You know, I was going to say, even so, like how you said your kids love Jake and Logan Paul, they, people would go yeah. like that just to hear the fucking story of, Oh my God, you fought him. Yeah. Yeah. They, these kids, 
like, I don't, you know, I try to teach my kids to have good role models to look up to. They realize these people are entertainers, but if my daughter saw Jake Paul, like she would fucking freak out. Like she, she's got a stupid fucking poster up on her wall. <laughs> Posters are still a thing, believe it or not. Really? But, I had you know, no idea. Yeah. I know I have them, but that's because, <laughs> I mean, this one was fucking $90. So that's the kind of posters I have. That so looks thought, more like one of those like velvet, velvet textured uh, posters. Not really like a cheap ass poster. No, it's a it's an art print poster from a oh, band. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it looks legit. It doesn't look like a regular, you know, movie poster or something. Yeah, no, because I know they're really hard to find. Because the one I have in above my bed's like Mandalorian. That was like the only one they had. Yeah. Yeah, and with, there's no shit. I don't even know if you grew up with it, but there's no movie stores anymore. You know, that's that's how you used to be able to get all those things. The movie stores would have a shit ton of them. Yeah, no, I grew up in the at the end of Blockbuster. I got to see the rise of Netflix from a fucking thing where you had to order DVDs and it took weeks to get them to the first yeah. introduction of streaming. It, it's been fucking nuts. And I tell my little cousins about it, and they're like, I I remember that, but at the same time, I think you're fucking lying to me. Like, no, yeah. no. Yeah, no, we used to go to Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. We had a local place called Network Video in my town. Um, we used to go in there and rent the UFC DVDs, or uh, the VHS, UFC 1, 2. I think it all went up to, like, UFC 20 or something back then. Um, that shit was crazy. And, yeah, it's just a different time. It's cool to kind of see it all um you know kind of develop um i'd much rather be in the like the fucking 1800s myself but it's cool to see it all happening yeah no like i remember blockbuster and all that still like how you're saying hollywood video here we have an infamous hollywood video incident that ended in a massacre that Yeah, I know. Back after some technical difficulties, um, I remember Blockbuster and even Hollywood Video, we had kind of an infamous little event that happened at one that was started as a robbery that ended in like a murder or like a triple murder or massacre even, I think it was, or spree killing, I forget what it's fucking considered, where two meth heads killed like five people because of this robbery. And like, <laughs> kidnapping and everything it's like a fucking movie before you even said what you were going to say i was like well this, this sounds like a meth incident and there it goes it was <laughs> yeah no i don't know if you've ever watched breaking bad but albuquerque or Be- better call saw albuquerque is literally how they fucking depict it like they didn't have to write the show they probably just followed some people that lived here around for a couple months Right. Yeah, no, I've never seen those. Um, I've heard good things. Um, I just, as I said before, I'm uh, too much of a busybody to sit on my ass and watch anything. I wish I could because I would get a lot of pop culture references, like 1883 and uh, there's uh, Tomb- Tombstone, I think it is. Is that the new one? No, that's a, that's an old movie. There's oh, another Yellowstone. Like, uh, oh, that's it. There you go. See how out of touch I am? Um those those would be great. I would probably love them, but I just can't. You know, the only time I sit down to watch something is my wife's like, "Hey, Pam and Tommy are doing this thing, 
So every Thursday we would get some tacos after my two older kids would go to their moms and we'd fucking watch Pam and Tommy or we watched fucking, you know, the OJ thing or the Bill Clinton fucking Monica Linsky blowjob documentary. That's, I don't have, I just don't get into the other shit. I wish I would, but. Don't lie to me. Is the mustache fake? Are you really Amish? Like, do you just dress up like this to go on podcasts? Oh, oh no. I, I've got tattoos and everything. Okay, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also, do you see these lights? I mean, I know a lot of the, I go to the Amish lumber mills. They do have some power, but it's a generator. So you haven't seen the lights flicker. Hmm. Yeah, they're, okay. uh, no, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm fucking boring when it comes to that stuff. I, I, po- I watch podcasts and I listen to music and basically when I watch stuff or listen to stuff, it's got to be consumable while I'm working or doing fucking last year I was out. So, uh, last year I was out listening. I was listening to drinking bros. I was on my tractor and I was out moving. I had this big, the people who used to own my house, my house from 1910. The people who used to own it had greenhouses here and they destroyed the foundations and buried them out in the woods. There, so when I bought the property off my neighbors, because um, they split the property at one point, I bought the property <laughs> and I was out there moving the big pieces of foundation. And uh, I fucking dropped my phone while I was listening to Drinking Bros and I drove it over my tractor. And uh, the fucking Drinking Bros, the, the podcast never stopped. And I was like, where the fuck is my phone? And I, I look over and I just see a fucking a mess over in the fucking dirt. And the phone didn't stop playing, but uh, it was a not to the phone anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, a new iPhone SE it was for me. I think you just got one of those too. Yeah, no, I, I'm fucking loving the shit out of it. It's such a nice phone. So fucking And easy. it's so basic. You don't have all the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So... Because, again, if I didn't have to have a fucking cell phone, I wouldn't have that either. But, you know, my wife likes me to have that, so I have it. Yeah, no, I, it was so nice when I converted over, too, because I thought it was going to be so hard to go from my old phone to my new phone. But I guess Apple has it where you could just fucking mirror your phone onto your new phone. Yeah. And it's yeah, exactly it's so easy how they have it now. Yeah. I was like, holy it, shit. Back in the day, it used to be. Yeah. it's They make it so simple now. Yeah, no, I was really impressed by it. And yeah, no, the whole phone thing, like, I wish I could break away from society, but I'm just too addicted to fucking the internet, social media, and all that. Yeah, I I can't say I'm not. I mean, I'm on Instagram all fucking day. I sit at a desk for work. I have a desk job uh, by day. Um, My wife will never move off grid or move to fucking Alaska. Um, so I'm going to have to go vacation by myself when I'm older, um, to go hunting for a few months. So, yeah, no. So you work with wood. Do you have all 10 still? Oh yeah. So I don't know if you, I don't even know if I posted a picture of it. This one here, this one almost left a couple months ago. Oh shit. Um, I got a new Delta table saw. Well, it was used because I buy like older, uh, equipment because it's better typically not all of it but i got an old delta table saw and i was using it the one day and i didn't have uh the fence was on it but i didn't have an insert where the saw blade goes for the table saw and the piece of wood jumped on me and i tried to hold it down with the other finger and i fucking knew i shouldn't have done it and it it caught the tip of my finger and i i walked in the house 
because I took the day off of work. I was sick, um, obviously. <laughs> and I walked in the house, and my wife's like, what are you doing? Because she works in the house, too. I was like, oh, no, no, I'm just going to the bathroom. And she looked behind me, and she saw a fucking trail of blood. There were puddles <laughs> of blood behind me. I apparently didn't wrap my finger good enough. And uh, she's like, you got to go to the fucking hospital. I was like, I'm good. We just packed it. So I packed it with gauze and I fucking put some like Neosporin or whatever the fuck it was, not Neosporin, uh, triple antibiotic ointment on it, packed it with gauze, wrapped some fucking electrical tape around it. And uh, I was good to go. And that was actually the same day we had to go to the Air Force Base to get her new ID after we got married. Um, so that was her introductory to married life with me. But it, uh, it was just the tip. It grew back. I didn't think it was going to, but uh, we didn't go to the hospital. It was good to go. I was out working in the shop later that day. I took the fucking day off. I was not wasting my time. Yeah, no, my biological dad, he fucking, he was using a table saw. And he fucking, I, I don't even know how the fuck it happened. But it kicked like a motherfucker. And now this finger lost like two inches and is like that big. And he doesn't have a thumb anymore. Ooh. And yeah, his thumb's a big one. Yeah, no, he, he's not allowed to have table saws anymore, but he still rides a fucking motorcycle, which is impressive as fuck. Yeah, but typically you're not going to, uh, yeah, with, with no thumb it is. Um, typically with a motorcycle, though, it's all or nothing. I mean, if you get taken out, you're not worried about losing a fucking pinky. You're gone. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think everybody who rides a bike knows that. Yeah, no, it's fucking impressive. I call him lucky because, Yeah. Yeah, my mom had that uh, when she was a kid. Her, uh, I think it was her neighbor ran her over with a fucking lawnmower and it was activated, cut her fucking big toe off. Um, so she she had the, I mean, she was like, I think she was a preteen at the time, so maybe eleven or twelve. So she had to relearn to walk again, and she still ran track and did all that with a missing fucking big toe. God um, damn, that's like the most important one too, right? Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, you can still do it. The, the worst thing I think I've ever done as far as like working with tools, the one day probably six or seven years ago, because I was still in my previous marriage, so maybe eight years ago. My son remembers it. I was splitting a bunch of wood um, with a sledgehammer and a maul. And I don't know if you know what a maul is, but it's like a big, like an eight pound wedge that goes into wood. Yeah. So I was wearing shorts because that's just what I do. Um, I'm America, right? Yeah. So I hit it with the sledgehammer and the fucking maul went right into my shin on one of the hits. And you could literally see like my muscle in my leg. And I still have like a big indent where it just fucking, it went down. I just, again, I packed it and I was probably in my late twenties then. So I just packed it and fucking wrapped that shit up. And, uh, I was going to say you at least went to the hospital for this one, right? No, no, I, I, I still have a big indent in my leg from it. It's kind of cool. I love scars. I don't like to make them, but when they're there, I'm not trying to lose them. So I, I grew up not going to the hospital. I grew up dirt poor, and my, uh, my mom's motto was pack it with fucking bag bomb, which is like for cow's udders. Um, so I pack everything with bag bomb and wrap it up. And even though I have medical care, but I'm not trying to waste my time to go to the hospital if I don't have to. Yeah, no, especially right so, now. If you get time off from work, it's it's precious. Yeah, yeah. If I get time off from work, I'm not fucking going to sit in an emergency room. So, it is what it is. Yeah, no. Um, 
I know uh, at the top of the show, you mentioned what you've been making recently. You said you've been making some charcuterie boards and paddles. How, how's that been going for you? Good, man. It's fun. Um, it's cool to kind of take like a, you know, I, I got, you're just happy to be in the middle of my shop. So, um, you know, I'll take something like this. This is just a cutoff, you know, from a slab that I maybe make a table or something out of, you know, something like this. Um, you draw a design on it. That design becomes, you know, that design becomes something like this, you know, and it's kind of cool. Um, this actually was an ash tree. So this isn't from that slab per se, but this is from an ash tree that I cut down in my backyard. Um, this is from, is it this one? This is a maple that's out of my front yard. So I like reusing stuff that I have around. Um, lumber is expensive, but it's also a story. I like uh, reusing stuff from my property. Um, I have some black walnuts sitting over drying over there that I got from my board um, when I had to rent a place. He had a, he felled a tree and uh, he asked me if I wanted some of it for exchange for some work. So I did, I got it milled up. And, uh, you know, I'll, my coffee table has legs on it from a local house, from the balusters, from their uh, porch. Um, I just love reusing things. I love barnwood. My, the front wall here in my shop is all old barnwood and uh, old siding from barns. And uh, it's just cool, man. Wood tells a story. You can use it, um, you know, reuse it again and again, as long as you're not destroying it. Um, I try not to refinish it if I don't have to. Obviously, for furniture, you do, but like walls and stuff, I think it's so cool to reuse siding. Um, you know, trees, I got a couple of six by sixes sitting in the corner over here that are ash trees from my backyard um, that most people just cut up for firewood. I'm like, fuck it, why do that? I, I took a couple of them in the house and I used them for the, the, the rails on my stairs up in my attic uh, for my new bedroom. I put some uh, painted rebar in them. That's my railings and they fucking look sweet. Yeah, no, I was, so, just, I was just going to ask you, you said you lived in like a 110-year-old house or something like that. Yeah. Did, have you ever used your woodworking experience to do anything with that? Or have you ever like brought back a door that got destroyed in the 70s by ugly cover-up paint and them covering up the metal fixtures on it and all that? Yes. Yeah, so a lot of my, so my house is uh, three stories now. Uh, it wasn't. We converted our third story, which was an attic, into a bedroom. Uh, when we found out we were having this baby. Um, and uh, everything I do in the house is pretty much a learning experience. You know, I've my bathroom downstairs, I've gutted the whole thing. Um, I have barn doors that I made for my closet in the bathroom. I have a vanity that I made in the bathroom. Um, I have shiplap walls. I, every piece of furniture in my house besides the couches um and the mattresses i've made i've made every bed in my house i've made every table in my house um i will not make dressers i buy old dressers and refinish them because i love old dressers and you can't match the quality that they used to be um so yeah everything i you know everything i've learned i kind of take in the house i've stripped down all the doors you're saying doors i've taken all the doors off the hinges in the house brought them out to the shop stripped them, all the paint off restained them um, so all the, all the doors are stained. Um, I want to do all the woodworking, all the old trim, uh, but my wife is not uh, on board with me doing that because that's a big project and the house will need to be torn apart for that. So we'll see if that can happen. Yeah, no, it's kind of 
crazy to watch people do that. I know a guy that lives here in Albuquerque that bought like a All right, and we are all right, we are back after another technical difficulty I was talking about. I know a guy here in Albuquerque that's redoing his house too. Um we have a lot of really old houses because the city's like three hundred and ten years old, three hundred and twelve years old. So you see a lot of stuff like that where people will build drop ceilings and really beautiful like raw wood houses and just destroy them back from the fucking seventies. Was your, was your house like that? Like someone in the seventies just fucking ruined it? Yeah. So oddly enough, I actually know the people who, um, who kind of own this house. The, uh, the one kid, I actually shared a story um, kind of off topic, but I shared a story yesterday about a kid who had cancer. Um, his dad actually grew up in this house. Um, so it was cool because no, I grew up with his dad. We were in the same grade in high school and stuff. So his dad kind of told me some things when we bought the house off of his mom. Um, the, the kid who I grew up with, I bought it off his mom. So he told me, he's like, hey, there's pocket doors that we covered up. So I opened up the pocket doors. So I just got finished and finished uh, restaining those because my wife, when we moved in, wanted them painted. Then she decided she wanted them stained again. So, of course, I did that. Um, but there's a lot of little things like we would find weird shit in the walls from they were kids. And like we found like a 1990s porn in one of the heat mm. registers that the kids must have hit. We found like some fucking like, I don't know. I think there were uh, it was like uh, NO explode, like old school, like uh, diet pills that you can't get anymore. Um, <laughs> something some with ephedra. Maybe I know explode was like a pre-workout, but it was like some sort of ephedra pill. Um, and they were all wrestlers. So it makes sense. Um but uh, yeah, there was a, like a room that was all paneling because all the plaster and lath was coming down, which I understand. So I took that down. I did shiplap in my daughter's room. Um, just a lot of wonky shit. We took, there was one closet in between a bathroom and a bedroom that was just like eight by eight for, and it was just a, a big random closet. And I know I say that word weird. Um, and it, was off of a bedroom. So I tore that down and I made the bedroom bigger. I made the bathroom bigger. Um, it was just, there are a lot of weird shit. They'd have like, they put doors where doors shouldn't be. And this was long before the guy I know was here. I mean, this was in the seventies, sixties, maybe. Um, at one point it was a two family house, which who the fuck knows why they did that? Because it wasn't, it's not that big of a house. It's only before we did the attic renovation, it was only 1600 square feet. So, I mean, you're talking about, Separating that space, you're fucking 800 square feet each. It's nothing. I think that so, might even be smaller than my apartment. Shit. Yeah, that's that's pretty tiny. Um, and it's an American four square. That style of house is basically the same square footage upstairs as it is downstairs. So the square footage is probably 820 square feet up and down. Um, just weird shit like that. You know, doorways where they shouldn't be. They covered up some shit that they shouldn't have, like you know, pillars in the house because we have a couple pillars in our living room. Um, we're getting ready to tear out all the carpet on the first floor and the uh, the kitchen floor, which has three layers underneath it. So that should be fun. Um, so the first time I'm actually allowing my... Go ahead. I was going to say, do you think you're going to find hardwood under there? No, I know there's no hardwood under there. It's been covered up with plywood. Um, he told me their dog pissed all over everything. Um, so it was painted with like some kills primer. 
Um, so what I'm going to do is pull everything back up and I'm actually going to uh, hire a flooring company to come in and put flooring in. Um, much to my dismay, I don't want to do it, but my wife um, doesn't want to let me. As I said, I have a, I was retired from the Air Force. I have a back injury. Um, so anytime I touch a floor, I'm fucking down for a week. I can't bend over. All my workbenches are up like bar height, so I don't have to bend. Um, so I'm going to have to hire out the floor to be done. So I wish it was hardwood, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know a lot of those old houses have that beautiful old fucking hardwood that you just can't find yeah. anywhere anymore. Yeah, my last house that I left for my ex-wife was from 1922. Um, and it only had two owners in its whole life. And we uncovered all the hardwood in that too. And re I refinished it. But this house, there's that's not happening. I know it's not going to happen, so I'm not even going to try. Damn. So, yeah. So, but old houses of, are cool, man. I was going to say, yeah, speaking of old houses, kind of a weird off-topic. I don't know if you would want to talk about this. Do you have any weird shit that goes down in your old house on the East Coast? Because that seems to be a hot spot for weird shit going down. So, I don't. Um, but on my street, probably five miles north, is one of the last stops on the Underground Railroad. Um, there's a mansion in my town called the Van Horn Mansion. Um, and they have a lot of shit like that that went down with uh, haunted, like their, their daughter was murdered or killed or something young. And uh, ironically, it was the last stop on the Underground Railroad before you get to Niagara Falls and go over the border, over the bridge uh, to go to Canada. So that's actually very common in this area. A lot of the houses around here have uh, hatches in the attics where people can hide in, in the floorboards. My house isn't like that because it, I don't think it was quite that old, but um yeah, there was a lot of freaky shit in this area regarding that. Yeah, no, that's what I was kind of wondering about because I've heard st there's a lot of stuff like that. There's like secret, like little rooms and closets that are branched off just because it was a good place to hide people. And it was kind of like how they hid Jewish people in World War II, where it was just little nooks and crannies just trying to get out and escape. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have anything, uh, I don't even want to say cool because it's not really cool, but I didn't have anything interesting like that in my house. Um, my attic was torn all apart. I tore the whole thing out. I tore the chimney out and we didn't find anything. You know, we found some old blueprints and some old inspection sticker, you know, inspection books, but nothing, uh, nothing related to anything that would have been interesting as far as a historical aspect. Any preserved um, weed from the 60s and 70s stashed in the walls? No, we found a couple of like old baby dolls that were torn apart, which is fucking weird. Um, we found, uh, like I said, an old porno magazine and the heat duct. Um, nothing really cool. I mean, a bunch of old like matchbox cars, but I just threw everything away. I didn't want nothing to do with it because it's been in the fucking insulation and shit. So I just tossed it. Um, yeah, no weed, no alcohol. Um, I found like an old oil can, which was cool. Quaker State, still full of hydraulic, hydraulic oil. It's from like the 50s. So I say that, but uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, some of those old typing people would like that shit. I just have it in my basement still. I haven't moved it. I kept it in there and uh, yeah. A bunch of bad wiring that my brother fixed because he's an electrician. But uh, other than that, nothing nothing cool that would, uh, nothing that wouldn't kill me. Damn, I was hoping for some haunted stories coming out of there because I 
when I on the Halloween episode I had Greg Lamontane. He said he grew up in on the East Coast in an old house, and it's had quite a bit of spooky shit happen. Yeah, they had like down at the the mansion I was telling you about. They had those people on the Sci Fi Channel came here and did one of those um, overnight stays, and they. You know, it's always been talked about growing up that there's her, her name was Melinda. There's a girl who would come back and uh, she haunted that mansion, I guess, until they properly buried her or something. Um, to be honest, I'm not you'll be shocked at this. I'm not much of a sci fi haunted type of guy. I know you're probably shocked, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just um, but yeah, nothing, nothing like that. My kids always mention ghosts. I'm like, they're not real. They're not fucking real. But I do understand there may be. I don't know. So, did you grow up on the East Coast? Yeah, so I grew up in the same town I live in. Um, okay. A little town here. Uh, I moved away when I went in the military to Arkansas, and then uh, my ex-wife made me move back, which I guess is good, because things have worked out. Um, so, yeah, I grew up here. Yeah, man, so you want to go ahead and tell people where to find you? Yeah, sure. So you can uh, find me on Instagram, American Rustic Works. I am private for the most part. Feel free to request me. Um, I've explained a few times in this episode uh, about my struggles and my personal life, so I am private, and I will stay that way. But, uh, again, feel free to request me. Um, I do have an Etsy page, American Rustic Works. If you search for that, you'll find me. Uh, the name of the shop is American Rustic Works 1, because for some reason I couldn't have my name. Um, I do have a website coming soon. I'm working on it now. Um, gonna have some, some cool stuff. I'm going to try and, uh, design some shirts with Bill over at, uh, Nooner Nation, Modern Mountaineer. He's got the most comfortable fucking shirts out there. Um, so I'm going to have him, yeah, I'm going to have him try and design some for me or I'm going to have him design and then have him done. I want to, I want to kind of make it be like, uh, an outdoor type scene with some old rustic looking trucks or something. We'll see, but uh, yeah, find me there on social media. I'm always in the chats and the, you know, Ross Patterson and Drinking Bros and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and take care, everybody. Enjoy the summer. Yeah, no, I'll throw some links for American Rustic Works in the bio of this episode. So you guys all know where to find me at the Desert Hippie underscore at Wake and Jake podcast and at Drunkstone and Uninformed. Be sure to go leave five-star reviews on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and go check out Matt's pages. Uh, Have a good night. Stay lit. Love you guys.